your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And I am proud to say that for the first time this season, Welcome to the Locked On Blues Clinched Podcast, because we finally freaking clinched a playoff spot. Weeks in the making, it feels like. Uh, we can take a breath. Load off the shoulders. To, yeah, yeah. So we're going to be getting into that. We're going to be talking about potential playoff matchups for the Blues, uh, their recent game against the LA Kings that no one really showed up for, um, somehow came away with a win. And then we're going to be talking about the news that has taken the league by storm and has sort of been taking the league by storm, and that is Jack Eichel sort of continuing his pursuit of another team, potentially. Uh, but before we get into that, I just want to remind you guys about a brand new podcast that the Lockdown Network is bringing. And so we've got a brand new podcast that will help you get hockey smart. The Crosscheck Podcast, hosted by Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark, goes deeper into NHL stories than any other podcast with the help of the smartest minds on the ice. Follow the Crosscheck Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So we do get a lot of Blues news to talk about, and we're going to get into that. But before we do, the number one headline that's sort of been been staying on top of the headlines all year is Jack Eichel, and he's back in the news again, uh, making some comments basically saying, yeah, I don't know what my future holds. Uh, maybe I'll be on the Sabres. Maybe I won't be. A whole lot of, a whole lot of non-confirming statements. But to me, it looks like he's on his way out. What do you think, Tommy? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you listen to the guy's comments and the questions that he was asked. They asked him directly, uh, did you request a trade from the Buffalo Sabres? And he did one of those sidesteps to those questions and said an answer that didn't really answer the question. So I think he's requested a trade. Um, the whole thing with the surgery and the injury and like That's his bad. body is his decision and all of those things, like that is just weird. Like I, I never had any like inkling of like a thought in my mind that these players couldn't be like oh i'm hurt i'm gonna go get surgery but like i guess that's part of the contract is just like they have to follow what the team doctors say the sabers are just fumbling the bag with jack eichel so bad year after year and i think uh it's high time that i mean everyone in the nhl has got to be behind jack eichel right because i mean buffalo sabers whether you love them or not, and like the ratings and the fans deserve better, but like they're kind of a poverty franchise at this point. Yeah, and and it's interesting. Um, you you mentioned like the injury thing, and that was definitely the biggest takeaway for me. You know, Jack Eichel comes out and says like I I have a herniated disc that I wanted to get surgery on, but the team had other ideas. Um, it's interesting because I feel like you know I, I follow the NBA, and that that injury sort of thing has been used, um, as leverage for the players before. Like we saw it with. Kyrie Irving back when he was on the Cavs he basically said if you don't trade me I'm going to get surgery and not play the rest of the year and then the same thing with a guy like Kawhi Leonard um, used injury strategically to not play for a team that he didn't want to play for um, and, and seeing the reverse of it, it it feels a little it feels a little icky you know Jack Eichel is waking up in pain every single day um, and also isn't playing 100% and, and just wants to you know get the surgery that is going to most importantly, relieve him of his pain, but also probably make him a little bit better of a hockey player. And the Sabres say, you know what? No, we don't want you to sit out for a couple months. We don't want you to miss the entire season from this herniated disc surgery. We need you to we need you to come into to come in last place. We crucial. Uh, and they say, no, you can't get your surgery. 
Um, and as much as it probably is within their rights to do that, and it is something that Jack Eichel and probably a lot of NHL players signed up for when they signed their contract, on its own probably wouldn't be too concerning. But with everything else combined, all the reports of him being unhappy and just the Sabres mismanaging their assets in general, it's it's pretty damning. A 30-goal scorer, second pick in the draft in 2015. Jack Eichel is the kind of player that can absolutely turn an entire franchise around if you build around him. So a team like Anaheim, a team like the Kings that have a lot of young prospects who uh, will potentially have have a couple years under their belt. I mean, obviously Jack Eichel is going to be a stud for years to come, but have a couple years under their belt until their prospects come up. And then if you want to build around him, I feel like that would be a good fit for a lot of guys and a team like the Rangers who have a lot of young guys that are already at that level. Uh, Adam Fox. And when it comes to the St. Louis Blues... The problem with a fit for Jack Eichel is, one, I would be very surprised if the Buffalo Sabres ever trade with us again. Two, it almost feels to me like it's similar to a situation with Mike Hoffman. And that's not to say that Mike Hoffman and Jack Eichel are similar players because they're both on very two different ends of uh, talent. But when it comes to individuality and when it comes to offense and creating offense uh, by yourself, I feel like Craig Berube is a very team-oriented coach, a very system-oriented coach, and when you bring in a guy like Jack Eichel, it's not to say that Jack Eichel wouldn't be successful here, but I'm not sure I trust that Craig Berube would know what to do with him uh, to get the most out of a player like that. And on the flip side of it, if you're thinking of what would Buffalo get in return for Jack Eichel, like how many guys on our roster do you think Buffalo would legitimately want and say, yeah, we could include that piece uh, in a trade for Jack Eichel. Like Robert Thomas is probably like number one on their list, starting point. Jordan Cairo, but like if they're both in a trade together, that would be weird. Um, so they would probably want like a defenseman. So like Scotty Perunovic might fit that mold and then draft picks as well. But like you still have to make it work for cap purposes. I'm pretty sure Buffalo does not want Vladimir Tarasenko. So it's all just it it all just seems very weird to me and the fit's not really there for St. Louis. Obviously you would love to have a guy like Jack Eichel um solely for the star talent, the personality, uh and the offensive production he brings, but when it comes to and we talked about this before at the beginning of the podcast as well, but uh if you if you ask me would I rather have Robert Thomas on a bridge contract, cost controlled, probably outplaying his contract or Jack Eichel making $10 million a year um, trying to reach that goal every time after creating a new system with Craig Bruby as his head coach. Uh, I think it's more positive for this Blues team uh, to have guys like Robert Thomas. In a Stanley Cup run, you want guys outplaying their contract. And for Jack Eichel, as much as he's worth that $10 million, it's, it, that's, a, that's a difficult bar to set for the guy. Yeah, uh, I, would, I would tend to agree with most of the points you made. Um, I do think that Jack Eichel would fit in this team a lot better than a lot of people think. Um, I, I know people reference like the chemistry issues and like how Ryan O'Reilly and Justin Falk and even Tori Krug had to take some time before they got adjusted. Jack Eichel is, 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 isn't on the same level as Tori Krug and Justin Falk and even Ryan O'Reilly. Um, Jack Eichel is probably one of the five best forwards in the league. I, again, I'm not thinking of some off the top of my head so please don't tweet at me naming five forwards better than jack eichel because i'm sure there are, are are five forwards but anyways he's one of those guys that can most likely play at an elite level anywhere you put 
look at what he's done in Buffalo. Look at how he's established himself with a team that has come in last place in like three of his seven or six seasons that he's been in the NHL. He has still been able to establish himself as a generational talent playing with the likes of nobody, Vladimir Sabotka and nobody else. Um, so my, my counter argument would be any team that isn't the Buffalo Sabres would make Jack Eichel look even better than he's already looked. There are teams out there that I think would be even better than the St. Louis Blues for him. I think there are teams that would be like a perfect fit for him. Like Anaheim, you mentioned before the podcast would be un unreal with their speedy forwards and, and their youth. And even like a team like Florida, I think, cause he, like he said, he wanted like a bright lights, whatever. I think that there are some teams out there that he would really thrive in, but he's the type of player that I think you can put in any situation and he will make a team infinitely better. That being said, is he, would you rather have three or four pretty good depth pieces or one Jack Eichel? Cause I think if you're the St. Louis blues and you're trading away or you're trading for him, you're, you're, you're taking probably three players that are in your lineup right now and shipping them off to Buffalo along with prospects and picks. So as the season ends and as we get into the off season, I think um, it's going to be a little bit more clear. I, I don't think the blues are going to be in the Jack Eichel conversation, even if they wanted him. I just don't think that they can match the assets of some of these other teams, but who knows? Doug Armstrong has proved this wrong before. Um, he's very good at managing his assets. And if you want to be good at managing your financial assets, you got to check out Wealthfront. Stonks, memes, rocket ship. Day trading can be a whole lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon truly, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion in assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash NHL. All you need is $500 to get started, grow your wealth the easy way, and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash NHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash NHL to get started today. And when we return, we'll be getting into a little bit more Jack Eichel talk and then getting into the Blues finally clinching a playoff spot and what it means for the rest of the season. So don't go anywhere. All right, Tommy. I know. I know. I jumped into that ad read pretty quickly after that, but I, I'm curious to your thoughts. Do, do you do you agree that Jack Eichel is going to blow people away even more than he already has when he gets out of Buffalo? Because I think Buffalo is where players go to go to die in terms of their skill, and they're very. I think every every player is very limited with that team, and Jack Eichel to do what he does with them now just makes me extremely excited but also a little scared to see where he how he plays depending on where he ends up uh, you hit the nail on the head depending on his fit and where he goes and uh, what level that team is at where he's at and the star talent that they have there if he's got some help he's going to be absolutely lethal because he brings that playmaker ability along with the goal scoring ability and a lot of guys are one-sided and do one thing or the other as we've kind of seen early on in, in his career with Robert Thomas uh, he's very reluctant to shoot even though he does have a good shot going to try and that wean that out of him but uh jack eichel is a guy who's come in the league he's very young and can already do both so i think he'll excel wherever he goes but like i said if he has that help he'll be even better um but back on the st louis blues topic for a little bit uh, i think i tweeted out 
I don't know if it was yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Um, that for the Blues to really be in on Jack Eichel, it almost feel like they'd have to change their in- entire system. Uh, but that being said, it almost feels like they have the parts that could potentially make that transition, you know, because Jack Eichel seems like he fits in with guys. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly is a skilled player that can play both ways, and, like, David Perron kind of does the same thing. But, like, when you think of Jack Eichel, you think of players more of, like, Jordan Cairo who play with a lot of speed and skill and not as much physicality as guys like Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron or Robert Thomas uh, or guys of, like of that nature. Mike Hoffman as well if the Blues decide to extend him, which a lot of people are talking about. So uh, at the end of the day, I don't know if that's enough to completely say, screw it, we're going after this generational talent. Changing our system, maybe changing our coach, because I don't know if Craig Bruby would be able to play a speed style like that. Um, but I, I, there's there's hope. There's a little dim light there at the end of the tunnel, right? So uh, it would make sense, honestly, if you just say, screw it, let's go after Jack Eichel and roll with these pieces and draft accordingly. I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. Yeah, and, and, and you mentioned that like he plays more of a skill game like a Kairou or, a, or like even like less or so like Ryan O'Reilly or David Perron, but I think he's been pretty elite defensively at times with Buffalo. Like There's been times when he's played a guy like Sidney Crosby and completely shut him down. Um, and he's been able to match up not just offensively, but defensively against elite centers as well. And again, it's just really hard to judge a player on the Buffalo Sabres, especially for their defense. Um, but I think he passes the eye test. And a lot of times that's, that's pretty important when it comes to a player assessing a player's, um, ability, um, especially in the defensive end. Like you can just see that he alters, he, he alters passing lanes. Um, he makes, he makes life difficult for puck handlers. He's not like, you know, he's not like a Ryan O'Reilly, the guy that's going to go out there and, and absolutely shut an opposing line down and terrifying to line up against. But I do think in the right system, it's going to be pretty shocking how just how uh, successful he can be on the defensive end, especially with some of the weight being taken off of him, like not playing on the Buffalo Sabres. Um, so I, 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 I don't know. I, I think he's just one of those guys that you, you, there's no if you can get him, there's no excuse not to. Um, obviously I think the asking price is going to be really, really high. I think that if it really is just, he went out there and asked for a trade, then the Sabres have no leverage, um, which we saw in the Taylor Hall trade. He went for a bag of peanuts and a couple of practice pucks. Um, so I would not be surprised to see the price at the, the, um, inevitable price for Jack Eichel to be smaller than what people think just because he does hold all the leverage. Um, and also Buffalo just isn't that good at trading and they don't have the best reputation. But I would also wouldn't be surprised to see the flip side of it and just see the biggest trade we have ever seen. And I'm, and I'm not exaggerating on that. It could be the biggest trade we have ever seen. I think the problem there, and I, and I think you were right when you said uh, that Jack Eichel does hold a lot of leverage in this, and Buffalo really is kind of handcuffed here because if they don't move him before next season, uh, that's when his no-movement clause hops in and we saw how well Taylor Hall stiff-armed uh, his way to get to where he wanted to go uh, in that situation. So I, th- I feel like they want to avoid that at all costs, which rightfully so, because that's the way you're going to get the most out of your player. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of GMs around the league are going to be like, well, they have to move him. So uh, just throw some pebbles their way and see which one bites. But um, we've been talking a lot about 
the salary cap implications that Jack Eichel would have against the St. Louis Blues. Uh, and the Blues have another salary cap implication at the end of this season. Uh, to a, a decision to decide, and that is regarding Tyler Bozak, uh, who since coming back from his concussion, the Mark Stone hit, uh, I feel like has been playing just lights out hockey. Some of the best hockey of his career, as Jeremy Rutherford said. Uh, Josh, do you think this team extends Tyler Bozak? Uh, how long do they extend Tyler Bozak? And uh, what do you think about his play, even going into the Stanley Cup playoffs? Because if you remember, he was a big part of that uh, Thomas and Maroon line uh, and why they had so much success in 2019. Yeah. Um, look, Tyler Bozak, I think, has been a really important player for this team. And I would bet on him being in a blue note uh, moving forward. But before I get into my full explanation of that, I'm talking about betting. I'm mentioning betting. If you want to make a bet, be sure to check out betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full spring, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. They just, the put up, uh, they just put up Tim Ooh. Tebow odds as well. So There you go, Tim Tebow odds. How many receptions is he going to have this year? How many touchdowns? How many, is how he going to t- score? How many tidies? Is his first touchdown going to be a rushing, a passing, or a receiving touchdown? Who knows? Damn, I might have to check that out. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a free 50% welcome bonus along with your first deposit. That's literally free money. So head to betonline.ag, use that promo code Locked On, and you'll get 50% welcome bonus along with your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And before we continue, I do want to tell you guys about one more good friend of ours, and that is rockauto.com. Now, chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing the prices based on what the market will bear. rockauto.com is for everybody. It doesn't even require membership or even an account login. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection. Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Tommy. So you mentioned Tyler Bozak. Um, and I'm going to be honest. I, I remember exactly where I was when that announcement happened. I was sitting at home on the couch, and I saw Bozak to St. Louis. Was it three three years for, at $5 million? And I thought, damn. I'm like, damn, that's that's a little bit too much money for Tyler Bozak. And then he proceeded to spend the next three seasons proving me and probably a lot of other people wrong. Um, Tyler Bozak was a guy that was asked to do a little bit too much in his time with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, Was never going to be, uh, well, actually, I would say was never going to be a guy that puts up a lot of numbers, but here he is putting up 15 points in 20 games. Um, I guess I should say was never meant to be a guy that you would expect to lead your offense on a given night, but turned out to be one of the most valuable forwards on this Blues roster 
anchored some crucial lines over the past few seasons, mentored a lot of younger players, and helped Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo become sort of the players they are today uh, through playing on their line. And and now, all of a sudden, he's like, hey, I gave you defense. I gave you face-off wins. I gave you penalty killing. I gave you consistent um, good positioning. Uh, now... I'm going to get some points. I'm going to get some goals. I don't know, Tommy, you said you pulled up the stats. What's his scoring number? What's his scoring pace been since return from injury? Uh, so on the season, he's got 17 points in 30 games played. Uh, he's shooting at a 14.7% clip in his face-off okay. percentage, albeit is a small sample size. He's got the best face-off percentage this season on his entire career. And I believe that the exact number is, after last night, I, I, I'm going to guess it's around 16 points in his last 21 games or something like that. You said he had, what, 17 points on the year, 18 yep. points on the year. All of those have come post-concussion. Now, I don't know if he took it personally. I don't know if he maybe had uh, another lingering injury or, or, or was just, you know, benefited from the time off. But he returned from injury like a completely different player. You know, it was still the Tyler Bozak we knew and loved. Good defense, good positioning, you know, 15 plus minutes a night, every single night not making any mistakes. But then he decided he's going to score some goals and get some assists too. He's been one of the best players on this team over the over this past few weeks, over the home stretch of the season. And I feel like this team is going to lean on him heavily, especially with his veteran uh, experience uh, come playoff time. But speaking of playoff time, Josh, I don't know if you've been watching the division lately, but we've been talking on this pod uh, for a while now about how we would much rather play Colorado than Vegas in round one because a Vegas-Minnesota matchup smells like an underdog win. Um, and Colorado holds their own destiny now. So there's they got two games left. Vegas has one game left. So Colorado has a game in hand. Both of their games are against the Kings, if I'm not mistaken. Vegas plays the Sharks. So if Colorado wins out the rest of their games, they win the division. They come first place. We come fourth place. Uh, we face them in round one as opposed to Vegas. And Vegas goes up against Minnesota. That smells like success for me. I don't know. I, what do you think, Josh? At this point, so let's see. Vegas has got... I'm just see who is the tiebreaker. I think it's Colorado. It's regulation wins. Yeah, so Colorado. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's... I mean, at this point, it, it's still looking kind of 50-50. And... I think the Blues are, are going to have a pretty tough time against either team, but I've maintained throughout the entire season that I think Colorado would be a better matchup just because I think they're a little bit more one-dimensional than Vegas. Obviously, Colorado's one dimension is better than probably every other team in the NHL at what they do. But the flip side of that is come playoff time, you need to have a team that can do a lot more than just skate fast and score. Um, and I think that it really hurt Colorado last year um and also goaltending is another big question mark for them so i think in terms of in terms of consistency i think vegas would i would say 100 times out of 100 vegas is going to be a tough matchup i i think if colorado has figured it out and, and knows how to be a playoff team they're going to be unbeatable this year but i don't think that they have the best roster makeup for a deep playoff run i think they rely a lot on like i said on speed on skill um, and scoring a lot of goals. And those aren't the games that are going to happen in the playoffs. They're going to be very tight, um, hard-hitting, not a lot of open space, 2-1 games. And those don't always benefit Colorado. You know, they, they score a lot of goals. They win games like 5-4, to 5-3. to three. 
Um, and those are going to happen in the playoffs, but more often than not, it's going to be down to the wire. So I, I think Colorado is going to have a little bit tougher of a time in the playoffs than Vegas. That being said, I think they have the star power to win a couple of games against any team. Um, but the Blues would be a pretty pretty good matchup against them. And I, I think that a Blues-Avalanche series would go six or seven games for sure. And two. And I feel like there's just some Cinderella energy around this Minnesota team. I can't put my finger on it, but it, even just watching their games against Vegas and like the tenacity and like the chippy plays after the whistle and all, you can tell that like these two teams like just genuinely despise each other. And I feel like uh, that's a matchup that everyone wants to see in the playoffs. So uh, even if you don't think it doesn't matter who the Blues play, like they're going to get knocked out round one, uh, whatever negative kind of anti-positive thinking that is, I would still want to watch a Vegas minnesota series over really any kind of matchup in in the west so that should be a lot of fun but uh, the blues like we said earlier they played the kings last night not much to take away from that game besides the fact that the fourth line got more minutes than the first line i think that's love to see uh, yeah i think that's big dakota joshua throwing some haymakers again he reminds me a lot of sammy blay when he first came up and the fact that he's just kind of assumed that little like grinder role and like banging bodies and doing all the things that like he knows he can succeed doing at the NHL level. Uh, does he have the same offensive skill as Sammy Blay? Who's to say? Not really sure. He did score a goal off his dong, so that's always promising. But <laughs> I think uh, I think there's a lot to love with the guy, and uh, Keith Kachuk's uh, high praise of him is very telling as well. So, And then obviously the Bozak goal uh, just reinforces everything we've been saying about him. Uh, for the last five or ten minutes or so. We're getting near the end of today's episode, but I got one last question for you, Tommy, and All it's right, a big Josh. one. And we might we might have to get into it tomorrow as well. So I'm looking at the standings for the the Honda West division. And there's one thing that is extremely glaring. So the Vegas Golden Knights at home this season are twenty one five and two, twenty one and seven. The Colorado Avalanche at home this season are twenty four and two, twenty and six. The Minnesota Wilds are 21-5-2, 21-7. Three elite teams at home. Now, the St. Louis Blues at home this season are 10-11-5, 10-16. Really bad. Really bad. The third least home wins in the entire division. Yet, they find themselves in a playoff spot where, come playoff time, home ice advantage is typically crucial. Maybe not so much for the Blues this year. What does that mean to you, Tommy? Do you think that's going to be a storyline heading into the playoffs? I do think it's going to be a storyline heading into the playoffs, but I also thought it was a storyline going into the playoffs in 2019 because the Blues could not win home games then either. But I I think their road warrior mindset of going into buildings, uh, getting booed, soaking all of that in. Uh, I'm not sure what the fan situation is going to be. I think it's still each individual team is going to plan accordingly. But uh, if they can feed off that energy a little bit more than they did against the Vancouver Canucks last year, uh, it could it could still spell success for them if they win their away games because they don't have home ice. That's for sure coming up in fourth. But uh, I I still like our chances. I think this team is a playoff team uh, playing that physical style of hockey that we all know and love. I think that's going to benefit them greatly through the playoffs and if they don't upset somebody uh i don't know we'll we'll see what happens i guess but i think that's all the time we have for today so thank you guys so much for tuning in to the locked on blues podcast your team every day make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes including our next one 
with Cam Jansen. So don't oh, miss that one because it's going to be electric. Come, we're going to talk to him. Coming up sometime this week, hopefully tomorrow. Yeah, it should be tomorrow. So we're going to ask him about the TSN panel, the Blues playoff odds, a lot of things. So you don't, you don't want to miss that one. Uh, but you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok uh, to keep up to date with all of our episodes and all of our news. Like I said, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.